Well, hello everybody. My name is Travis and this is Christians United Ministry. So today we're going to be doing our weekly sermon. It's going to be all about Christ in the family. It's all about family. And so it may seem, so I want everybody to be completely aware. It may seem a little bit, okay, well that's a little too uh, gray area for me. That's a little too controversial, but it's really not. I'm going to explain it fully Um and I want to say throughout the first verse is a lot of them, a lot of people I talk to about this, they kind of get turned off by it. And you got to remember, you can't get turned off by the word of God. You know, it, it, there's a reason for everything. And But when I normally explain it, after I explain it, that's when they're like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. So let's get right into it. So we're going to start by Ephesians 5.22. And we're going it's all about marriage and the family directly. Um, so it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, if the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ as all, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So, uh, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourish or cherish it, even as the Lord of the church. We are the members of his body, his flesh, and his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined unto his wife. And so that touched a lot of stuff there. I'm going to break a lot of it down. Um, so again, people are like, wait, you want me to submit to my man? That's so sexist. That's how it's really not. And and there's a reason for it. And remember, we everybody has their place on this earth. Everybody has their job and their duty. Um, and to, to kind of illustrate this better, if you have everybody has, if everybody's not driving or doing anything that may deem unsafe if they if they step away from it meaning operating any toolery machinery or anything um, if you can draw a triangle regular triangle on the bottom of the triangle I have it here in front of me is let's say the base of that triangle is the kids when you when you take a step up it's the wives when you take a step up it's the husbands right down husbands and at the tip of the top at the at the point of the triangle is Christ. So on the left hand side you should have it written kids, wives, husbands, and Christ. Now what goes up in a triangle must come back down. So at the tip you have Christ and on, as you go down there's husbands, wives, and Christ. Uh, excuse me, some fire trucks passing by. I'm not sure if you can hear them. But uh, that's annoying. Anyways, um, the children are the bottom of it and that's because they came out first, right? They must obey and submit to the wife, to their moms and dads, the wives and husbands. So they must submit to the wives 
to the moms and dads, right? Now, what is the who the moms submit to? Jesus just said it. God just said it. Husbands to their husbands. And who does the husbands submit to? It's to Christ. Now, remember, Christ is the head of the church. Now, Christ is the head. He's uh, he's at top. And the only person above Christ is God because they're all the, they're the same, the Father and the Son. Now, before we get really into that, let's go, go on the other side of that. So on the left side, we have submission, right? Submission. On the other half of that, what did the verses also said? Other half, on the right side, we should write love slash serve. So Christ had loved the country, has loved his church. So how does he love church? He serves the church. How did what what else does he do? We can also write this down too. Sacrifice. Suffer. That's what Christ does for the church. So, likewise, we must love, suffer, serve, sacrifice for our wives. And our wives does it for the kids as well. So, think about this. right Now, we're going to kind of go a little bit more into um, in Titus, which is actually going to be our next... Um, one of our next things. It's not going to be the very next one, but it's going to be the next after that. Um, kind of about assignments and, and the family. But children must sacrifice, no, excuse me, must submit to their parents, right? They must obey their parents. And as I said in the Bible, that's one of the ten, first Ten Commandments. And, and how, so how can a mother sacrifice, suffer, love, or do her job for her kids if her kids will submit. Then let's look at the husbands. So what did Christ do for his church? Christ had so suffered and gave his everything for that church. And we must do the same for our family, for our wives and our children. If problems come up, we must absorb that burden. We must observe that struggle and stress from our wives and from our kids. We must do what we can to take care of them in every way. They're, they should be our first priority before ourselves. And that right there takes a lot of responsibility. That means doing things that we don't want to do. Having to do give up things that we don't want to give up. And it really takes a true follow of Christ to, to do this. To commit to this. And who takes the husband's stress? Christ. So, what this is saying is we must, we must follow this because you can't do anything. You can't take care of your family if your family doesn't submit to you. How can you take struggles if they won't give it to you? Just like how can Christ do his job if we don't give him our, our struggles and our trust and our faith? So it's important to note that yes, they must submit, but everything we do must be in for the better of them. So every decision we make must be for the best of that 
family of the wives and kids above ourselves. Think about it this way, let's put it in plain terms. If someone breaks in the house and I said, well, give me one person and we'll leave everybody else alone. The man should step up and I'm not saying, okay, so that's kind of dramatic, but I think the dramatic, the drama, dramatic essence of that example brings up my point. It's, we must do everything for them, even if we are suffering ourselves or sacrificing ourselves. And that's what the Lord wants. That's what, that's what makes a home strong in God. Because remember, if you submit to your husband and your husband submits to Christ, then Christ is truly within that family. Everything, if, if the husband is truly submitting to Christ, then what that man's doing is for the best. He's listening to God. He gives, he gives his family to Christ and says, listen, just tell me what to do. Take over. And Christ will lead that family and protect that family, first of all. He will protect the, those. So it's extremely important that we follow Jesus' guidance God's guidance in submitting to your husbands and to your mothers but us men us husbands us fathers we must handle that responsibility with the utmost respect and do it with God's honor and God's love because and then the other opposite end of that is when the husbands do not obey we, the, the wives must step up. When you start, the wife starts seeing, well, you're falling out of Jesus' word. And let's go, let's jump really quick to First Peter chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they without, may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So if if you see the, if the, the husband or the father stepping off, from the word, he's falling into sin or temptation. It's saying that the wife should continue to continue living by the word and have a comfort and listen and step up because any true father of Christ, the father all oh, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I should have done that, or that was a bad decision to make, and they will be they will be brought back onto the path. So it's a team effort, but there there is a reason everything we're continue to get into that as we go throughout today's sermon um our next book we're going to read from is the first corinthians let's go to first corinthians chapter 11 and what we're going to do is we're going to go to chapter 11 verse 3 and it says but i would have you know that the head of every man is christ and the head of the woman is the man in the head of Christ as God. So what he's doing is he's get, again reestablishing that triangle that I just made. He's saying that the, the head of the wife is the husband, but who is the head of the husband? Christ. And who's the head of Christ? God. Um, so that's an, again a very important thing to notice is that it's not say yeah you report directly to the husband, but it's like in the military. You have a second lieutenant who's responsible who's responsible and reports back to the captain. So yeah, the captain does make direct decisions, but who directs the captain? The colonel, right? You got the colonel, then you got the generals. 
right? So you got to remember that just because you direct the husband, it's, it's everything comes from Christ. And when we are true followers of God, when we are true followers of God, that will be the case. When we fall off of God, from God, this triangle kind of blurs away. And that's where the family becomes broken. Broken in the sense of away from God and you'll start to see chaos and destruction. That's where the family must start fending for itself. The one thing that's always to forget, that even if the triangle breaks, the tip is always pointed to Christ. Come back through repentance. Repent to God and he's there to hold your hand like he did for Peter when he fell into the water. He will continue to hold your hand and help you. So that's something we've got to remember as well. So we, if you do fall off, it's never too late until the day we die. All God do is truly repent. And again, we're going to be doing an episode in the future, uh, a whole uh, sermon on repentance. So stay tuned for that. So the next chapter we're going to do is Titus chapter 2, verse 4. Excuse me, 3. We're going to do verse 3. And this is not really a step away from the triangle. It's going to really start breaking it down to our roles and how to handle our positions, really, as parents. Um, and then we're going to kind of break go off and of then go right into as a family itself. Um, so again, Titus chapter 2, verse 3. Here we go. The aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, extort to be sober-minded, in all things shewing thyself a pattern of good things, in doctrine shewing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of thou. Extort servants be obedient unto their own masters, and please them in many things. So we don't have servants, so... But let's go back, and what he's saying is, is he's giving us what we should be. You know, kind of, like you know, um, the women teach the young women. Uh, the men teach the young men. And you gotta be chaste, obedient, you know. Uh, excuse me. Obedient. So that the word of God can be upheld. And another part of that is love. We gotta, they gotta learn to be loved, to love their children. Men, we have to be um, get sound speech. And sound speech is extremely important. Um, you say that cannot be condemned. Everything you say should be fact. Means can't be questions. Can't be well. You shouldn't have said that. You know what I'm saying? It's of holiness and of integrity, discipline. You know, it's nothing. Nothing that can bring him to be ashamed. Having no evil means you shouldn't be abusive shouldn't be cursory you know what I'm saying we should be very very responsible because we're the heads of the household and kind of with this I, we're going to go to 1 Timothy 
chapter 3 verse 4 and this is going on how do we manage our children it's actually two verses chapters that I'm really touching us first Timothy and going back to Ephesians so it's going to chapter 3 of 1st Timothy is saying remember verse 4 that one will well his own house having his children subjection with all gravity for if a man know not how to rule his house, shall he take? Shall, how shall he take care of the church of God? And so he's saying, if you if he, if a husband doesn't know how to rule his house and uphold his children, how can he rule the church of God? This is pretty much considering your house to be a church. We should all be followers of Jesus Christ, and that's. Remember, a church is anything where two or more people worship God. So how can he do that? How can he submit to God if he can't even grow up his children right and take care of his household? That's why he needs that submission from everybody. And from his children, from his wives and everybody. And this is going to bring us into Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 1 and on. And we're going to scroll right over there. And it's going to say, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. This may be well with thee, and thou mightest live. And here's an important part of it. So this, obviously the children are to obey your parents. And why does God want you to obey your parents? Well, how can you lead if you don't listen? How can you lead? And live a righteous life if you if you won't be corrected if you won't obey the directions given to you because a child's not gonna be able to pick up the Bible and read everything understand no he needs to learn through his parents first through his leaders of his household parents are the ones that bring you to God if we do not obey to them how are we supposed to live if we do whatever we want and that falls true to everything even husbands we are children of God. So as a husband, I'm still a child of God. So I need to obey God. So I can teach my children. We're also Jesus' children, by the way. But my children to follow God. You see what I'm saying? So that's why there's the the hierarchy or the, the ranks. I'm not sure if hierarchy was the right word to use, but whatever. Um, verse 4 says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. That, that's some serious demands right there. Provoke not your children to wrath. Meaning, don't be angry or all the time. Bringing them to, first off, bringing them to anger. Treating them angrily, smacking them around. And sometimes, you know, a child may need a smacking, but that shouldn't be your first thing to go to. That might not, that shouldn't be if any if if at all ever actually if you think about it. It says, but no, don't bring them with anger because then they're going to learn to be angry. They're going to learn to spank, spank and smack and hurt others, and they're going to be fearful, not loving. You know, not going to not going to they're going to feel fear from you, not love of you. But he says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He's saying. You should be f nurturing them with God's word. Nurture them with God's word. 
And that's the only true way. And that's that's the answer to everything. Is the answer is God's word. And when we bring him up with the Lord, like when we when we see the Lord, do we ever see him getting mad, having temper tantrums, smacking smacking his followers around, or anybody? No, he always nurtures them. He's always loving, and that's what we need to be. We always be. We need to be always be loving. And the truth is, in family. We only have a little bit of time. We don't have a lot of time. Which is why we need to get right now. We gotta get right. Right now. <laughs> right, right, right now. I don't know. I think I'm not sure if I put enough rights in there. But time is now. That's what I'm trying to say. The time is extremely now. And that's why we are gonna scroll to the front of the book. Dun -da -da -da, Genesis, where it all began. And this is where we're going to be ending. This is the last chapter we're getting into. And it's Genesis 2, verse 24. And this we're going to run right to. And it's just the one verse I want to read from. And it says, Therefore shall a man leave his husband, excuse me, his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And that verse is actually has two different parts to it. It's not just the one. It's not just one verse. It's two. One, one two meanings to it. So, so you should leave his mother and, fa mother and father. So why does Jesus want us to leave our mothers and fathers? And he's not saying leave. You're not my mother and father anymore. Be gone with me. We're done. No. He's saying that in order for, uh, for me to work on your family, I need you to break off your training wheels. And come directly to me now, because now you are now your husband and wife. And now, because look in the triangle, does it say husbands and then in-laws? No, he needs us to go directly to him. So when we marry a woman, even before we have children, we need to separate off and bring Christ to head of that church again, head of the household again. That's why. That's why he wants us there, and. It's extremely important that we do so. It's extremely important that we do so. Um, the other half of that is become one flesh. We are one. When you're, when you're married, you are now one body. Right? And you can't do anything. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Let no man separate what God has joined together. And I don't remember what verse it is. It just, it's always stuck out to me. I don't remember which verse. I can look it up if you want. But let no man separate what God is doing together. Because they're not, once you come one flesh, you really can't separate. You really, you can't cut yourself in half, can you? No. When you do something for yourself, it should be for your wife. When you have to do something for her, it should be for her husband. It should be for each other, because you're doing it for yourself. Meaning, treat your wife how you would treat yourself. Treat your husband like you would treat yourself. And that's extremely important to remember, is that if we are not one, then that's broken. The marriage is broken. You gotta become one in everything. That's why we all you always get. That's why you always come joint bank accounts, joint tax returns. You know what I'm saying? It's joint, 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 because you are joined together. You are one flesh. And one thing I wanted to point out. Um, 
kind of wanted to go back. I know I said I was done. I wanted to go back to Ephesians just for a moment. And because what 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 I mean by what I mean by become one flesh and treating each other um treating each other how you would treat ourselves. It really he does touch this in in the chapter of Ephesians of first chapter five. If we were to continue reading where you were, it says, um, he that loves his wife loves him, for no man yet hath hated his own flesh or nourished and cherished it even as the Lord of the church. So he wouldn't you wouldn't hate yourself. For we are the members of his body, his flesh, and of his bones. And who is that? Who is the he? Jesus. Jesus. So not only are we ourselves, when we do it properly, we are Jesus' body himself. So Jesus has entered our body. And for this shall our man leave his father and mother. Where do we just read that from? Genesis. And shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be of one flesh. And one thing that I gotta say is, um, it's the last verse in there, it's 33, and it's very important. This is where we're gonna leave it off with. It's, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife as himself, for woman, the wife, see that she reverence her husband. So when we think of reverence, it's also respect. You can, you can also say that as respect. And so and I'm gonna change those words in that triangle from submission to respect. So when you go up, the kids respect the wives, the wives respect the husbands, husband respects and it's intimates. Don't forget I'm not crossing it out, I'm just I'm, I'm adding respect onto it, but respects Christ. And what does it say for us to do? To love our wives and children. As Christ loves us and we love ourselves. And that right there is the answer to how we can have Christ in our family. Do you not see what I mean by now? Like, oh, that's not, see, now you see how it's not sexist anymore? It's not baloney. God has his reasons for everything. And it's not for us to question his reasons. But one thing that's, that's important to note is that he commands us to do this. So if you want to be a true follower of Christ and a true family of Christ, you have to do this. You have to put away our pride and you have to do this, but we have to do it the right way. Husbands and fathers, this does not mean you can be abusive and you can take advantage of it. You have to be responsible and love her and do the right thing by her and your children. You must step up to the plate and be the responsible father, husband, man the house needs as you submit to Christ. Now, I know there is some families out there that doesn't have a father or even a mother, but you got to remember the top is Christ. Christ will fill the position. Christ will take care of the families and people who submit to him. You know, Christ knows that I believe I truly believe that fathers are not in some lives because Christ doesn't fit them to be fathers, but he needed that mom to have the child, so he let the two 
can join together and then separate so that way he can have run that family the way needed um and again it's not our place to question his plan it's just notice that we ha- he has one whether it has a lot of obstacles or no obstacles he has a plan and it's us to continue to submit to that plan so I want to thank every single one of you the next week's sermon is most likely going to be on Sunday again Sunday works better for me actually but next week's sermon is going to be on faith and having true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ my name is Travis this is Christians United Ministry God be with you